Hey, this is Patreon mixtaper David Lee Smith here, and you are listening to my weekly mixtape with your host, Brian Coburn. It's badass. Ow! Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Today, I'm excited to welcome to the program our first Patreon mixtaper as a guest, and that would be the legendary David Lee Smith, who some of you might be familiar with as he was a guest several times over on Playlist Wars. David, thank you so much for joining me here on My Weekly Mixtape. And thank you, Brian, for having me on your show to talk music with you again. It's been over a year since we did that Playlist Wars thing. You doing all right, man? I'm doing great, and I hope you're doing the same. I appreciate you joining me here. And David, I'm going to start the show the way I start every episode and ask you the question, what does the word mixtape mean to you? You know, the word mixtape can really go a lot of ways because, you know, when people make a mixtape, it can be just a collection of just any songs you like or songs of a particular genre or a particular topic or songs that you want to try to put together for a special someone or songs that mean a lot to particular people, like, like songs that mean a lot to me or that mean a lot to you, or, or, you know, it can be, that can really go a lot of ways in my humble opinion, because uh, to be honest with you, um, I've never really made a lot of mixed. I mean, I'm not from the whole uh, cassette generate, well, maybe VHS cassette tapes, but I'm not from the music cassette generation because I'm from the, I'm, I'm a millennial here and uh, I'm one of the members of the younger generation here. And, uh, I honestly didn't have a lot of music friends uh, throughout school or, or I guess music nerds. Um, I guess the closest music nerds I had were my, my posse of uh, friends uh, that we had, uh, I guess more or less our guitar hero posse. Cause I've been a, I'm a huge fan of guitar hero and I give it credit for helping me embrace rock and roll uh, particularly, but I didn't have a lot of music friends. So I didn't really make mixed a lot of mixtapes, but in this current age of streaming and uh, putting together, being able to do that, to put playlists or mixtapes and all that stuff together. So the word mixtape can really go a lot of ways, in my opinion. Awesome. Well, I, for one, am extremely excited because tonight I know we are talking about someone who is near and dear to your heart because we had an entire Playlist Wars episode dedicated to just one of the albums in his discography, and that would be the late, great Stevie Ray Vaughan. And we talked about Instep. That's right. Um, that's actually a uh, spoiler alert. That is actually my uh, favorite album of all time. That's uh, why I uh, requested to do that particular uh, episode. And uh, I don't mean to brag, but uh, this particular legendary person that's speaking right now, I'm not legendary at all, but I happen to have won that little uh, poll. My first time out, I won. So, But what really matters, it was nice to be on your show. And it really was a pleasure. <laughs> Likewise, dude. And I think that that win was what gave you the legendary status. Nah. <laughs> At least in Playlist Wars lore, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Being that Instep is your favorite album, tonight you've had to use your love of that album as well as the rest of Stevie Ray Vaughan's catalog to put together a bank of songs to bring to the table tonight that we will hopefully build the ultimate Stevie Ray Vaughan playlist. So David, how tough was it for you to pare down your list of songs to bring to the table this evening? Well, 
it's sort of somewhat tough and not so tough because the Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble discography is not very vast. He only has four studio albums and a posthumous release that was, um, we'll get to here uh, when we talk about the song. So we're talking maybe 40, 50 songs, I want to say. So our selections are somewhat limited, not really, but somewhat. But I mean, obviously, we have more than enough to fill in the 20 songs. Um what we've got here but other than that i mean uh you know since i'm such a diehard fan of srv and double trouble i could have went with any song and you know i've been like you know i wouldn't have a problem with it but obviously you want to go into like more like the uh you know like the songs that describe his uh career the best or or just huge highlights or sort of like a best of kind of thing or our, our own greatest hits kind of mixtape in a way and uh but somewhat tough somewhat not so tough take it or leave it that makes a lot of sense. And outside of the four albums like you talked about and the posthumous release of The Sky is Crying, he also had the family style album that he did with his brother Jimmy. And he is a musical chameleon because throughout the 80s, his guitar work was featured on songs like David Bowie's Let's Dance, James Brown's Living in America, and Stevie Wonder's Come Let Me Make Your Love Come Down, amongst many others. So while we'll likely be focusing on the blues aspect of his playing, he was a hot guitarist of the 80s decade, and a lot of musicians wanted him to play on their releases because of his unique approach to his instrument. You're not wrong. Um, I think uh, I'm not alone whenever I was uh, shocked. I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad. I think I want to say it was my mom saying, hey, you know who's playing the guitar on Let's Dance by David Bowie? And I was like, uh, she's like, that's Stevie Ray. And I was like, hmm, I know I'm not alone in that because I'm sure a lot of people were like, you know, whenever they first heard that, I'm sure they were like, who is this guy? Because he's the guy that led the charge of the uh, blues revival of the 1980s. I completely agree. When you have people like Albert King bringing him on his albums and live shows for the In Session album that took place in the 80s, you're getting a nod from one of the greatest blues players ever. And to me, that In Session was very much a passing of the torch from one generation to the next in mm -hmm. modern blues rock music. And I feel like that is what Stevie Ray Vaughan embodied in the 80s and is going to be kind of the core of the music we're talking about tonight. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he led that charge and that's what made him made him so special. Well, let's get down to business tonight. As I mentioned earlier, David and I will be curating the ultimate Stevie Ray Vaughan playlist, and we're going to use the old cassette deck approach, meaning our mixtape will be broken up into two sides, side A and side B. David, as my special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up that choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. Then we'll give our mixtape a proverbial flip and we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick the side off with David choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best Stevie Ray Vaughan mixtape possible through only 20 songs. At the end of the show, you can take our conversation to the next level by visiting the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com to give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. And finally, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please consider becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. Now, before we hit the record button on this mixtape, some of the fellow mixtapers chimed in with songs they feel would best kick 
things off. And with that, I want to share some of those. So, David, you and I have some food for thought going into this. Go ahead. Patreon mixtaper Kevin Seeker chimed in with the houses rocking off of In Step. And Cactus Pete, which I simply have to read his chime in verbatim here. Crossfire. Tightrope. Tightrope. Crossfur. Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn and Finkel. Ugh. Crossfire. Just a bit more energy, but I love them both. I love that kind of a chime in. <laughs> right. <laughs> Elsewhere on the socials, folks who follow me at my weekly mixtape on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Spoutable also chimed in. And I want to give a quick shout out to a few of those. Kelly Bogus chimed in with Love Struck Baby. Chael chimed in with Hard to Be from that Vaughn Brothers album we talked about. CP7NY chimed in with Life Without You. Both Bruno Ravioli and Nick Bambich chimed in with The House is Rockin'. Tim O'Sullivan chimed in with Couldn't Stand the Weather. John Farrell chimed in with Tightrope. Zach Deuce chimed in with his live cover of Stevie Wonder's Superstition. And Movie Psycho chimed in with Any. They're all great. Which is a sentiment that I safely could say neither one of us here would argue with. Nope. He's not wrong. So with so many great songs to choose from, David, I'm going to officially press the record button on this mixtape and turn the mic over to you. David, what song are you choosing to kick off our ultimate Stevie Ray Vaughan mixtape with and why? Okay. I had to really think about how I'm going to start this off here. But I'm going to start with the lead off track from Instep, like we did on the uh, playlist wars for Instep. I'm going to kick things off with The House is Rockin'. It's one of his well-known songs, and it's a great song. I mean, uh, we talked about this when we talked about Instep with the playlist wars god it's already been over a year since we did that man time flies mm -hmm. but his guitar tone is awesome i love uh, reese winans on the piano and not to mention chris layton on drums and tommy shannon on the bass are no slouches either and they had a really special chemistry with each other and uh, it shows and um, it's a great song it's a great kickoff to that album uh, steve ray Vaughan's voice is excellent and the reason why i had to choose this over uh, another tongue <laughs> another song excuse me but it's because that, um, excuse me if you're not a particular fan of this uh, particular team I'm about to talk about here, but I'm a fan of the Dallas Stars, and we just recently had a decent run in the Stanley Cup this year. Unfortunately, it did not go out the way we wanted, but still, I give them credit for having such a good run in the Stanley Cup. And the reason why I picked Dallas' Rockin' is because the Dallas Stars play this song whenever they win a home game. And I was hoping that I would love to hear them play this song at full blast whenever the Dallas Stars win the Stanley Cup. But there's always the next time whenever that's going to happen, whenever we have another chance of that happening. So I have to give the Stars credit for getting that far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's why I had to start off with the Houses Rockin'. So it was a bit of a tough choice, but that's why I had to start off with that. Even though I'm a Rangers fan and still a little sad about their demise much earlier in the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> <laughs> the house is a rockin' though is what we're talking about here, not hockey. Yes. So I'm going to focus on that one. Could not have picked a better song to kick things off with. This is one that is a crowd pleaser. It's one of his anthems. It's a song that has endured generations of love. It is a stadium anthem. Like you mentioned, it's been used in movies. I remember Major League Two used this song, and it's been used in television shows. This is probably Stevie Ray Vaughan's most accessible song, 
Whereas the majority of people who are maybe not thinking they're familiar with his music, hear this song and go, oh, that's him. Okay, I know that one because the song is everywhere. And it's a perfect introduction to the kind of music we're going to be talking about tonight. This is probably one of his heavier blues rock songs, along with a few others we're going to talk about tonight because, you know, I like to bring the heavy. But following up The House is Rockin', to me, there is only one song that could fit in that number two slot because the groove is literally the perfect second song of the night vibe. And I am going to go with the second song on Instep, Crossfire. This song is probably my favorite Stevie Ray Vaughan rock song. The groove they catch it's just that get your head bobbing. He, you could have opened up side A with anything. You could have started slow and bluesy, and then boom, you pick up the step for crossfire. You could start with something fast, like you did with the house is rocking, but boom, you go in a crossfire. It's just that nice segue out of whatever you bring to the table. And I will say, as much as I love cover songs, the version that Reese Winan does on his solo album is absolutely incredible. I love that version as well. Not as good as the one on Instep, but a mighty good version and a little bit more open for soloing because, you know, Reese kind of opened up and did his thing a little longer in that, mm-hmm. which I loved hearing. But mm-hmm. regardless, track two, Crossfire from Instep. That's the song that I was debating on whether I would start off this uh, playlist with either The House is Rockin' or Crossfire. And I'm glad you did that because I know we kind of talked about this on Playlist Wars. You were debating whether if Crossfire was a better album opening track because I think it meant a little bit more to you than The House is Rockin' Mm -hmm. because that's what killed our bingo. I still blame you for that, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, 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 no. It's all right. I take the blame for that too because I screwed up a bingo when we did that Battle of ZZ Top. So I'm partial to blame for that too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm glad you mentioned crossfire um like you uh yeah the reese winans version we talked about as well and uh i love that version it's a really really great version with kenny wayne shepherd and reese winans like i said is a monster keyboard player i read an interview with chris layton saying that they were uh i think it was sony music uh the company were trying to cut the solo out so we'll be uh try to get the uh, song crossfire on uh contemporary uh, music charts so i'm glad they won the argument because getting rid of those solos just that would have been a crime in of itself right there and i'm glad they won the argument because hey it went to number one on the mainstream chart so i'm glad that happened could not agree more so now are we going to follow it up with a third instep song no. Another thing I wanted to uh, point out, I forgot to do at the top of the uh, episode, is that I want to at least try to pick two songs from every album, four studio albums, maybe a extra cut, but we'll do that as we go along here. But no, we're not going to follow up with another in-step song. I think I'm going to go with the title track off of their second album, Couldn't Stand the Weather, as their third song here. It's my third favorite Stevie Ray Vaughan song. The cool opening with Jimmy Vaughn playing those little chords and Stevie's mini solos and man what a groove does it go into and I love the uh like I said we talked about his vocals before it's excellent and his solos my goodness one of my favorite SRV solos I mean just it's always been a favorite of mine of his catalog and I grew up with that song too and the video we didn't really point out the videos here but the house is rocking is you know 
playing in a house and it's partying. So, you know, it's fun. Crossfire is, um, it's not a funny video, but it's, um, it, it's cool to watch him uh, do his thing along with, you know, with the horns and all that, but couldn't stand the weather, I think was pretty silly. Cause you know, his, the banner getting water sprayed all over them and, <laughs> <laughs> and some of the people were getting blown away by it. And no, it's just, it's just complete cool all the way around. And I've always loved, couldn't stand the weather, the title track to their second album. So that's going to be the uh, third song for this little mixtape here. Well, I have that on my bucket list, so you scooped me on the track, but I will tell (laughs) you this. Next to each song, I like to put a word that kind of gives me an idea for when I'm looking for kind of how to bounce off of what you've chosen. And Mm -hmm. I had one word written next to couldn't stand the weather, and that word is groove. You nailed it. This song has such an undeniable groove. Even the start and stops in the riff itself, where the whole band just stops and picks it back up on the offbeat, it really grooves. And it's a style of blues playing that was different than your typical blues rock that you would hear in the 70s. This had a, dare I say, a danceable aspect to it, which was not a part of blues music per se. And this groove is something that really goes throughout a lot of the songs in his catalog. So I'm so glad you brought that up. And I am going to follow that groove up with a cover song because I love my covers. Mm -hmm. And this cover is a song that was originally recorded by writer unknown. It is literally written that way. On the base of The Sky is Crying from 1991. But I'm going to assume that the vibe that Stevie Ray Vaughan was going for on this song was that of the amazing Johnny Winters version. And this is the opening track on The Sky is Crying, Boot Hill. This song is a blazing blues rocker that really showcases how incredible Double Trouble and Stevie Ray are as a unit. Because the song, again, has this undeniable blues groove, but it is heavy. The tone that Stevie Ray is pulling off in this song is unbelievable, and it's such a fantastic way to open up an album, especially because this was kind of marketed as his last hurrah, so to speak. Obviously, there were deluxe editions and box sets that came, Mm -hmm. but at the time, this was kind of put out there as his final musical statement, and I bought it the day it came out, and it has always resonated with me, kind of at the same level of Instep, because Instep was his final official album, and this was kind of the one right after, so it's almost like the end of the set and the encore, these two albums together for me. So that is what I am going with following up. Couldn't stand the weather with boot Hill from the sky is crying. That's a great choice, man. And that, yeah, you're, you're not wrong about the chemistry of Stevie Ray and uh, double trouble, or I guess, um, I guess triple trouble since they added Reese Winans, but they kept it with double trouble. But um, (laughs) I hate feeling like I'm leaving out Reese Winans because even though they brought in Reese Winans, with uh, the Soul to Soul album. That's when he made his debut with the band. But yeah, it's definitely a heavy blues. But then again, uh, it's very, like whenever you hear that guitar tone, it's completely 
distinctive. And whenever you hear that guitar tone, you know, that's SRV. And then he does things like a playing style and you'd say, yep, that's him. But like any other great guitar player, they're very distinctive to point out. It's like, whenever you hear stuff, you'd say like, oh, that's Eddie Van Halen. Oh, that's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, that's this person. But yeah, it's definitely a heavy groove. So very good choice. As a matter of fact, I uh, re-listened to Couldn't Stand the Weather uh, last month because it was recently the anniversary of that album. Mm -hmm. And I listened to the uh, deluxe edition that had that because some of the uh, tracks that were on uh, This Guy's Crying and some other like archive albums were on like expanded editions of certain albums and Boot Hill was on there. I don't know if it was a different take done in a different year because sometimes some of these songs were done in different album sessions. So I think there's like a couple versions of Boot Hill and a couple of other uh, songs that we might point out here. But yeah, definitely a great choice for sure. Huh. How do I want to follow that? Oh, boy. I think we'll go to Texas Flood. We got to bring in what's one of his uh, most recognizable songs. I think we'll go with Pride and Joy. Because obviously Pride and Joy is one of his staples. Like everybody. Well, I don't think I want to say everybody. But I want to say most rock fans or at least most music fans are aware of pride and joy i mean because it has that playing style that that's a part of his style and uh i'm kind of taken off of what aaron from ridiculous rock record review said because he talked about texas flood before and he said if you hear that that's stevie ray for sure and he does do that a couple of his songs but pride and joy is no exception i mean what can be said it's a great a great riff great solo one of his most recognizable songs. It's a radio staple. I mean, what can be said about that? It's just uh, when we talked about groove and yeah, I mean, cause a lot of Texas blues, especially Texas blues rock, they're very groovy bands like ZZ top obviously fits in with that description as well. Cause they're like masters of the boogie rock music and, you know, listening to them and ZZ top made me really appreciate boogie rock, you know, just awesome guitar music that makes you, uh, uh, strut your hips or whatever you want to do, you know, kind of headbang a little bit, but no doubt about it. Um, pride and joy makes you do that a little bit. So it's a classic. You nailed it on the last word. It's an absolute classic. It's that walking style, that chugging guitar that demands your attention because it was again, unlike the other bluesy rock songs that were on the radio at the time. If you think about the bluesy rock of, let's say, keep your hands to yourself by the Georgia satellites that was a little bit more pop leaning and pop friendly where this one's leaning into the blues aspect of things and kind of staying away from the pop side, even though lyrically and vocally, it's a song that's easy to sing along with musically. It leaned more towards of what George Thorogood was doing than more of the poppier aspect of, let's say, like I mentioned, keep your hands to yourself. But I love that song And I'm glad that that's included tonight. I had two versions of the song in my list. I had Texas Flood's 1983 version, as well as the In Session version with Albert King, because that version was a little bit more extended and you got one of the greats of blues guitar playing on it as well. So that added this extra layer of legendary to the song. And I love that aspect about it. But following it up, That's actually tough. And I want to pick up the energy a little bit because Pride and Joy is a great song, but it's a little bit more mid-tempo. And Mm -hmm. I want to crank up with a little bit more energy. So I'm going to jump up a couple years 
and I'm going to go to 1985's Soul to Soul. And I am going to go with the cover of Hank Ballard's Look at Little Sister, which was a single from the album. And this song just slays. This song is heavy. This song demands you stop what you're doing and you listen to the awesomeness that's coming out of your stereo system. And it was this bombastic statement of a song that really, truly stood out to me on an otherwise fantastic Soul to Soul album. This one was the one song on the album that I had to go back and listen to immediately upon finishing the album for the first time because it was the song that jumped out at me at the most and arguably the reason why they chose it for a single. So following you up with Pride and Joy, I'm going to Soul to Soul and Look at Little Sister. Woo, brilliant choice there, man. I mean, especially with the addition of Reese Winans, like we talked about, this mm-hmm. is his first appearance with Double Trouble, uh, Soul to Soul album. And Look at Little Sister and wow. I mean, especially with the addition of Joe Sublette on, on the saxophone, because, oh, that's sax. It was saxy. Sa- I was about to say that. Sax, sexy See, you sax. get the dad jokes here as yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, finally. I was I was hoping you would bring in one of those stupid dad jokes. <laughs> Can't go wrong with them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the addition of Joseph Blood on sax, who Joseph Blood was actually a Chris Layton's roommate. Because there is a, a, a little podcast that I listened to that talked about the... Uh, um, like her research into Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. And uh, she had uh, interviewed Tommy Shannon and Chris Layton. And Chris Layton talked about his time with Joseph Blood, and uh, they knew each other. But Joseph Blood also was on the uh, horns for Crossfire. But yeah, Look at Little Sister is obviously one of the best known songs from Soul to Soul. It's another song I grew up with. And there's a, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, but there is this little uh, video of Muppets playing Look at Little Sister. I don't know <laughs> yes. if you've seen that. <laughs> of course, it's the Muppets, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man they did an impressive job uh, hats off to zoot <laughs> and the rest of the electric mayhem for tackling such a challenging tune oh no doubt about that i mean man and also look a little sister is obviously known for if you guys are familiar with the austin city lemons in 1989 mm-hmm. this is a song where stevie ray broke the guitar string but you know what uh guitar string no problem he plays things how he feels, and he doesn't try to play it exactly off the album. He just plays whatever his uh, soul tells him to. And, it, you know, there are many ways for it to sound good, and it still sounded great despite the broken string. And he switched the guitars without even missing a beat. And that's just legendary in and of itself right there with that guitar switch. Definitely check that out. But other than that, it's a great performance of the song. It's a great song, too. Whew. How am I going to follow this? I think I'll go with a, uh, a cover of myself. I'm going to go from one of the archives, but it's on This Guy Is Crying, too. One of my favorite cover songs of all time, I think. Steve Ray Vaughan and Devil Trouble covered Jimi Hendrix so well. And obviously, uh, there are two songs that they recorded um, that were originally done by Hendrix. But I think I'll go ahead and start off with uh, that's on This Guy Is Crying here. And that is their version of Little Wing. Yes. What can be said about that version, man? I mean, obviously, Hendrix sang on his original version from Axis Bold as Love, which is a fantastic album. But I think he would have, um, I mean, 
he was a great singer and both him and Hendrix knew how to sell their lyrics, even though they didn't have the greatest of voices, but they knew how to sell their lyrics and really communicate with what they're talking about here. So it's unfortunate that he didn't sing on Little Wing. I'm very curious what he would sound like. But then again, I'm also happy that he kind of took it further than what Hendrix did on Axis Bold as Love, because unfortunately, the Hendrix version is only a little over two minutes, which is a shame because I would love to. I think anybody who's anybody who's a big Hendrix fan like myself would have loved to have seen how far they would have stretched it out, especially on Bold as Love since it was so short. But I'm happy that it's been stretched out to over six and a half minutes here. But it's completely instrumental. But what can be said? He played Hendrix so well, and he did his own stamp on it, and without stepping on the master's toes. But just, just breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. Tackling Jimi Hendrix in any aspect is a challenge of gargantuan proportions. Here, you are tackling one of the best guitarists ever in the history of guitar playing and to be able to do it with the authority that Stevie Ray Vaughan pulled off in little wing and to make the guitar become the voice of the song versus the lyrics that are on the original. So you're taking a song that is well known lyrically and just stripping that from the song and trying to pull off the song similar to what Jimi Hendrix himself did when he covered Born Under a Bad Sign, which ended up on his blues compilation that came out in the 90s. You're taking a song with lyrics that you know. When Cream did Born Under a Bad Sign, there are lyrics to this song. But Jimi Hendrix took it and made it eight minutes of just his guitar doing the talking. And I love the fact that Stevie Ray did that with this version of Little Wing because the guitar told mm -hmm. all that needed to be said. So coming out of that is a tough challenge, but I think I've got the perfect song to do it. And that is a song that was originally recorded by Robert Geddens, and it's the slow burn of Tin Pan Alley, a.k.a. Roughest Place in Town from Couldn't Stand the Weather, nine minutes and ten seconds of tension that you could feel throughout the song it's slow it's chill but there's something about this song that is just commanding your attention i know there's some people that aren't into long songs but this one the tension continues to build and the playing through the subtleness of the way he's delivering the guitar lines adds to this song and it's just so well done and it's such a great fit coming out of Little Wing because it kind of brings the vibe down a little bit coming out of Little Wing, but at the same time is really expanding upon the overall skill set that Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble have because it is very easy to make nine minutes boring, and that never happens in this version. When the song's over, you feel like it could have went on much longer. So following up Little Wing, I'm going with Tin Pan Alley, a.k.a. Roughest Place in Town. Yeah, over nine minutes, never boring. Excellent, excellent, pure blues right there. And when I talked about Couldn't Stand the Weather on R4, I did research, obviously. And their uh, manager at the time, who was John Hammond, I believe that he stated that that was a, actually a 
a one take solo and he told Stevie that he couldn't do a better job than that. So it's always fascinating to hear like a one take story from any musician. It's always fascinating to hear that, but yeah, absolutely a brilliant. And there's also a very good version of him playing that with another well-known blues legend who goes by the name of Johnny Copeland. It's also on the, uh, live in Montreux because Stevie and Double Trouble played at the Montreux Jazz Festival twice. They're both on live albums. Well, they're both on the same uh, little live album set, but they're two CDs. Mm -hmm. The first performance was done in 1982. That was when they got their big break where they met Jackson Brown and David Bowie. And they also played it again in 1985. And uh, they played that with uh, Johnny Copeland. They also did play a couple more songs with Johnny Copeland, which I think are really cool. But unfortunately, they were cut off, which is a bit of a shame. But Nonetheless, that song is just absolutely brilliant. Just pure blues all the way through. Not boring even for a second. Ooh. Okay. I think I'll go with my pick from Soul to Soul. I think I'll go with one of the more well-known songs from that album. I'm going to go with Change It. That's uh, another childhood favorite of mine right there. Because it was, I don't know if it was a single or not, but it did have a video where it had uh, Stevie walking into a barn and uh, somewhere out in the desert somewhere and just pure cool from him. And it's an excellent song. It, I remember growing up with the song a lot and it never gets old for me. Still kind of has a bit of a mid-tempo kind of groove, even though we're still kind of picking things up a little bit after the cool down of Tim Pan Alley. But I still, still, it's a well-known song in the canon of Double Trouble. And it's, Another very, very good groove, especially uh, his vocals, like uh, we talked about earlier. And I hate to feel like I'm kind of burning on Soul to Soul here a little bit, but even though it's my least favorite album of their catalog, but I still love Soul to Soul, no and you know, no question. But that was when uh, Stevie was at his lowest point in his life because he was dealing with uh, his addiction and uh, his personal life was just not so good. And uh, there's this VH1 Legends documentary about Stevie when they talked about how Soul to Soul kind of lacked the fire and bite of uh, the first two albums, Texas Flooding Couldn't Stand the Weather, even though it's still, I kind of see that because it did take a long time for them to record the album. But still, I think it's a really, really good album, no doubt about it. But I just wanted to pick, I think, one of the better songs off of that album, which was Change It. So it means a lot to me for sure. Well, I'm glad you did that because that is another one of the songs I had on my list from Soul to Soul. So that makes my life just a little bit easier. Great song. I think you said everything that needs to be said about it. It was a low point in Stevie Ray Vaughan's life, and it kind of came out in the music, whereas mm -hmm. songs that were more sad and heart-wrenching from that album, like Ain't Gone Give Up on Love, mm -hmm. that really speaks volumes on that album because of what he was going through at the time. But mm -hmm. the more upbeat fare on that album didn't pay off like it did on other albums, except I think change it again. That's a little more mid tempo-y, but change it is one of the songs that did pay off from this album. And obviously low point aside, what he's going to come back from that with moving forward is obviously, or, probably his best album ever, which was 89's Instep by the time they mm -hmm. got to it. So mm -hmm. love the pick. And now we get to close out this amazing side. And one part of Stevie Ray Vaughan's music that we have not talked about tonight so far is the way that Stevie Ray Vaughan can handle jazz music. 
Stevie Ray Vaughan is the person that introduced me to jazz music. And there's something about when Stevie Ray Vaughan plays jazz that it just takes the room over. And he speaks to you through his guitar in a way that not many guitarists have ever done. And because one of Stevie Ray Vaughan's jazz influences is Kenny Burrell, I hear Mm -hmm. elements of Kenny Burrell in this song. And this song closes a Stevie Ray Vaughan record, which I think is amazing. So the song that I am going to choose to close out side A is the beautiful jazz stylings of Lenny from Texas Flood, a song named after his guitar. Oh, just pure beauty from start to finish. Yeah, not only the jazz influence like Kenny Burrell, like you said, he also did that with uh, Stang Swang from Couldn't Stand the Weather, but that's pure jazz swing. Yes. Which is a very, very cool tune in of itself. But yeah, Lenny, you can hear like a bit of Hendrix in there as well. You can hear many influences in Lenny. Like, obviously, he's not just a blues player. He's uh, well-versed in the rock. He's well-versed in the jazz, like you said, uh, like Kenny Burrell, which I'm yet to uh, dive into. I mean, I, I have a lot. I still have a lot more to dive into. But yeah, I have that in my head for sure. If you're going to dive into Kenny Burrell, Midnight Blue. It has Chitlin's Concarne on it, which Stevie Ray Vaughan covered on The Sky Mm -hmm. is Crying. And to me, that is the perfect introduction to his music. And I think if you're a fan of the style like Lenny and Chitlin's Concarne, that's a perfect place to start. Gotcha. Because I'm I'm obviously familiar with his version of Chitlin's Concarne as well. Because... So, yeah, he's definitely in my head for sure. I just haven't gotten around to him yet, but it will happen. It will happen. But, yeah, another fun fact is that um, his first wife, legendarily, he called his first wife his first guitar. But his actual first wife was a a woman who went by the name of Lenny Bailey. Unfortunately, the marriage didn't end very well because they were fighting and all that because of his uh, Stevie success. Lenny felt that um, she was being pushed to the sidelines and uh, it was a very very bitter ending to their marriage and uh if you want to know more you can just watch that uh vh1 legend documentary which is a very good documentary but yeah absolutely lenny is a very beautiful song and uh one of the uh beautiful ballads that he did and uh i love his ballads especially if they were just instrumental ballads but we'll get to that at some point no doubt about that i have a feeling we will And that, Mixtapers, concludes side A of our ultimate Stevie Ray Vaughan playlist, which consists of The House is Rockin' from Instep, Crossfire from Instep, Couldn't Stand the Weather from the album of the same name, Boot Hill from The Sky is Crying, Pride and Joy from Texas Flood, Look at Little Sister from Soul to Soul, Little Wing from The Sky is Crying, Tin Pan Alley, a.k.a. Roughest Place in Town from Couldn't Stand the Weather, Change It from Soul to Soul, and Lenny from Texas Flood. You can always head to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out. 
because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, David, while I'm flipping the tape over and getting ready for side B, what are your thoughts on side A thus far? Do you think we're ahem, hitting the right notes so far? Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to ask, are we in step with our picks? But without a <laughs> doubt, we are we are on point like a number two pencil, man. And it's uh, that number two pencil, I think, is very, very sharp and uh, fine right now so far. All right. Well, I'm going to put that pencil to paper right now with my first pick for side B and that one, if it wasn't sharp enough, this will be the final push that it needs because Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar is never sharper than the opening of couldn't stand the weather and the instrumental lightning fury of scuttle button. One of my favorite heavy blues rock jams. This song is under two minutes. This song is literally lightning in a bottle musically it is full speed ahead now that i have your attention let's get this show on the road and if i'm kicking off any side of a stevie ray vaughn mixtape or playlist this is a song that kicks it off for me however i love the house is rocking for side a so i feel like this complements that exact same vibe that you're opened up side a with only this time in instrumental fashion. So track one, Scuttle Button from Couldn't Stand the Weather. Man, if you want to know how to kick off a ball game, Scuttle Button from Couldn't Stand the Weather does the job well. And we already kind of gave you uh, a uh, little whiff of Stevie Ray's instrumental prowess. And not to mention, uh, we talked about Little Wing. That's a pure instrumental version of the song. But his instrumental prowess, like I said, is just outstanding. And it makes you, uh, like Scuttle Button is just, pure fast pace, just mind blowing. I mean, that's how you kick off a follow-up album to Texas flood. And it's just, uh, yeah, that's how you kick off a ball game right there. Just wow. Amazing. Whew. Wow. How am I going to follow skull button? Well, I've already picked the tile track. Couldn't stand the work, the weather. Cause that does follow up scuttle button, but Hmm. What can I do here? 
I think I'll go to Texas Flood with the title track, Texas Flood, originally done by Larry Davis. And as if we weren't complimenting Stevie's guitar enough, his guitar obviously is the star in the song. And uh, I just have nothing to say. I mean, I just want to leave it with nothing to say. I mean, because what can be said about his fantastic guitar playing? I mean, in a lot of these songs, but man, he's like, a lot of other bluesmen and they do a lot of great cover songs and they did them justice. And actually there is a version of Texas flood with Larry Davis as guest vocalist on YouTube. And I think it's, I think it's really cool, especially when he was able to collaborate with older blues artists like Albert King and, you know, a lot of other people from that old era, but just the fantastic soloing his vocals obviously are well done. Once again, just man. Wow. That's all I got to say about that. Well, I think you nailed it. What else can be said about Texas Flood? It truly introduced the next generation of blues rock to the world in 1983. Because that song is your slow blues rock staple. And that is a core part of every blues show. And if you can't capture the audience's attention with a slow blues groove... You're not going to make it in blues music. And Texas Flood showed that not only does he get your attention with the song, he commands it through the entire song with some of the best playing on that entire album. I absolutely love the pick. And I am going to follow that up with my first deep cut of the night. This cut is not on a Stevie Ray Vaughan album. Instead, it's on a movie soundtrack. And that movie is 1987's Back to the Beach. Most people remember that movie as the one that Pee Wee Herman sang Surfing Bird in. And you are absolutely correct. I had that Surfing Bird on 45, as well as when I finally got the full-length soundtrack. And when I got the full-length soundtrack, I discovered a Stevie Ray Vaughan song that blew my mind. Because I wasn't the biggest fan of surf rock, but I knew that Dick Dale was surf rock. And on the Back to the Beach soundtrack, Dick Dale and Stevie Ray Vaughan throw down on a cover of the Shantae's Pipeline. And it shows a side of Stevie Ray Vaughan that you don't hear anywhere else on his catalog. So not only is he the blues guitar maestro that you know from songs like Texas Flood, not only is he the jazz player like you hear in Lenny off Texas Flood as well, or the rocking player like Scuttle Button or The House is Rockin', he could play surf rock with the best in the business. And that is what this song says. This shows just how much of a musical chameleon he is. So I am following up Texas Flood with Pipeline from the Back to the Beach soundtrack. Wow. I mean, like we talked about earlier, he had a lot of uh, music influences in his playing and he could really, like you said, he was a true chameleon with his instrument. However, people should really check out the version that he did with his brother, Jimmy, when they were playing that double neck guitar, Stevie's playing the uh, top half of the guitar, I believe. And Jimmy's playing as wrapping his arms around Stevie and he's playing the bottom half. If I remember correctly, but yeah, very, very good pick for sure. Who man, Covers galore here. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I may as well go ahead and just get this out of the way. 
I'm going to go with the other song that they uh, covered Jimi Hendrix with. And I'm just going to go and pick their cover of Voodoo Child's Slight Return from Couldn't Stand the Weather. I'll be honest with you, this is my favorite song of all time. Not only is it my favorite Jimi Hendrix song, but it feels kind of sacrilege for me to prefer this version over the Hendrix original. But don't get me wrong. It's like 50.1% Stevie Ray Vaughan version for me and 49.9% Jimi Hendrix version. Because like I said, that's my favorite Hendrix tune. But Stevie Ray Vaughan is my all-time favorite musician. And I uh, personally take this version just barely by an inch over the Hendrix original. I mean, like when we talked about Little Wing, he covered Hendrix. And he's, I want to say Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble are my favorite band to cover Jimi Hendrix. And they did it so well without stepping on Hendrix's toes. And eight minutes, especially the live performances that he does, is just absolutely electrifying. I could ramble on about this song if I wanted to, but just amazing, straight front to back. I'll add a third version that competes for my crown of the voodoo child, so to speak, and that is Kenny Wayne Shepard's studio version B-side from the blue on black CD single that came out in the nineties. You can't find Mm -hmm. it on streaming, but you can find it on YouTube and Kenny Wayne Shepard makes a great case for why all three songs should be sitting at 33.33333 infinite to see which one is the best. (laughs) Because to me, they're all brilliant, all three versions and I cannot Mm -hmm. choose between them. Kenny Wayne Shepard does it. He carries the Voodoo Child Slide Return torch very well. And especially with uh, Chris Layton in his band, he carries that torch so mm-hmm. well today. But yeah. following up Voodoo Child is a tough one because that's got a really defiant ending to the song. So I think what I'm going to do is Ooh. flip the script musically a little bit. And I want to bring into the conversation tonight because we haven't talked about it yet. 1990s family style. While it's not a Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble album. It's definitely an album that belongs in this conversation. Obviously, his brother still carries the torch for him to this day, but you go back to that album, there's a ton of incredible music on it. And the one that I'm going to pull is where the brothers talk to each other through their guitars on an instrumental original with the same vibe, again, musical chameleon, of Booker T and the MG's Green Onions. But this was their song, their original, and it came from that mindset. And it's Hillbillies from Outer Space. Just a fun, groovy, soulful tune where they talk to each other through the guitars, and I absolutely love it. And it kind of brings the brothers together for a song as part of this mixtape we're making tonight. So I'm following you up with Hillbillies from Outer Space from Family Style. Man, that album, I think, is very underrated. And and like I said, I'm very happy that they did that album together. And Hillbillies from Outer Space is a very interesting choice because that's when uh, Jimmy Vaughn kind of does his little more or less organ licks on the guitar, Mm -hmm. especially since he does like uh, he uses like what's called a a Leslie rotating speaker effect. And he's one of those guys that loves to use the to use the Leslie every now and then. But yeah, it's a very interesting tune. And uh you know, it's a, it was a good way for uh, him to go out, especially if you were to watch the video for the song TikTok. It's just mm-hmm. so I could only imagine what Jimmy was uh, going through when he was making that video. And sure, Stevie sings on that song, but 
there's and there's no Stevie on that video because that obviously that was done right after he passed. So I can't comment about how what Jimmy was going through at the time, but no doubt about it. It was just uh, very bittersweet that we lost such a bright light in this world, such a bright light that Stevie was. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to the bright light bit here uh, pretty soon here. But nonetheless, to follow that, I think I'll go. Uh, hmm, man, so many good ones. But I particularly love this version. This is another song that I grew up with a lot. And that is their cover of Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, baby. Any blues artist worth their salt has to, they do, a lot of blues artists do a lot of cover songs of older tunes. And man, does Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, yet, they nail in yet another cover. And one of my favorite SRV covers, obviously the version of Superstition, which was actually from the Live Alive live album. But it was actually done, as, I believe it was done at Stevie Wonder's studio, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that. But if I remember correctly, I think it was done at his studio. And the video man oh <laughs> yeah. my goodness i loved his sense of humor too especially in some of his videos and how uh the black cat uh was getting in uh, stevie's path especially when he when he woke stevie up from his nap at the very beginning of the video <laughs> and him throwing the boot and all that and uh all the signs of bad luck just occur throughout the video it's just oh my God, it's just non-stop it's cool and hilarious at the same time but the song itself is yet another groove, yet another groove, and yet another fantastic solo from Stevie. It's just, man, these guys really, they really did faithful covers, and they really had genuine love of these songs. And you could tell they had genuine love, especially for Stevie's case. They did these a lot of covers so well, and Stevie Wonder's Superstition is obviously no exception. It's another childhood favorite of mine. Just, just amazing. Easily the best Stevie wonder cover ever in my humble opinion even more so than higher ground by the red hot chili peppers which i also love but stevie's Mm -hmm. superstition which other bands have done superstition in the past never like this this version is funky and bluesy simultaneously it honors the original but brings it to a new place it's everything i love and adore about cover songs all wrapped into one perfect live alive album which is a fantastic live offering and the first one we've talked about tonight so i'm really stoked to see that in there and coming out of it i want to stay with the funky a little bit and i think i'm going to do that by bringing in tightrope from 1989's instep because i think coming out of superstition you want to go with one that's a certified classic of stevie's originals and this is certainly one of them It's another one of the best songs on Instep, my favorite album of his. And I couldn't talk about this album enough tonight, so I wanted to make sure to bring it up again. And that would be Tightrope following up Superstition to keep that kind of funky groove going right now. And I'm very glad you did, because like when we talked about the Playlist Wars episode of Instep, Tightrope is yet another song that I grew up with, and it holds a special place for me. Instep is mainly about Stevie's addiction stories and how he uh, battled his uh, battles with addiction at that time and how he was able to overcome them. That's obviously what tightrope is about. Some of the lines obviously are on the nose, like we, we talked about before. And um, the Instep album was what really inspired me to make sure to uh, not go down the alcoholic path. Because if I remember correctly, I hate to kind of veer off a little bit because I 
I've only done like very tiny sips of wine when I was a kid, but that was just uh, very, very tiny sips. But other than that, I never drank any alcohol to my knowledge. Anyway, I never done any smoking or any of that stuff. So I'm very happy that Stevie Ray changed my life. So that way I'll never be able to, uh, I'll never go down that path that he did. And it almost killed him as a result. So I'm happy he was able to live and make and step and, uh, very make an inspiring album like in step, but yeah, I love the funky groove of tightrope, his vocals again, and the solo, obviously, but what can be said about his solos? Cause they're just so, so tasty, so soulful, just able to wring the emotion and soul out of that Fender Stratocaster that he had just obviously what can be said about tightrope as well. It's another well-known tune of his, obviously. Hmm. Well, we're already coming towards the end here. And I want to kind of get a bit softer here. I mean, I know um, I would love to keep the momentum going, but I think we can kind of transition every now and then because since we're, like I said, we're getting close to the end here. I think I'll go with Soul to Soul's Life Without You because it's a very, very beautiful song. And I know it's a very, very complete tone shift from Tightrope and it's a very somewhat energetic song, but now we're going into not so energetic, but like I said, we're getting towards the end here and I want to kind of end on a very, very beautiful note as we kind of get towards the end here. Life without you is obviously no exception. Uh, like I, when we talked about Lenny, very beautiful ballads that he did. However, this is the only ballad to my knowledge, unless you talk about ain't going to give up on love from soul to soul as well is a, a ballad that he sang on. Mm-hmm. It's a song that he wrote as a tribute to a friend of his that passed away. If I remember correctly, I don't know. I forgot that person's name, but I think, that was a tribute to his friend. So just beautiful. His, the way he sings it just softly. And one of the lines uh, from that song is on Stevie Ray Vaughan's gravestone. Thank you for all the love that you passed our way near the end of the song. And it was cool to actually go up to his gravestone back a couple years ago with my parents. Uh, Cause when we went to this restaurant called Ojeda's, that's uh, somewhere in Dallas, if I remember correctly, it's called, it's a Mexican food restaurant. You know, Texas loves our Mexican food, and I, I'm, I'm no exception to that. <laughs> but after we ate at that Ojeda's restaurant, we went to Laurel Land Memorial Park, which is where the Vaughn family is buried. We went up to Steve Ray Vaughn's gravestone. It was just such a such a moment for me, and that's as close to Stevie as you're ever going to get in, the, in this uh, context. Like I said, it's so it's such a shame that he passed before I was born, and. Uh, I think anybody who's anybody would have loved to have the pleasure to have watched him. I know a lot of people have watched him live, but man, it's just such a beautiful song as we kind of wind things down here. Life without you. Love the pick. I think you, you summed the song up brilliantly. It is really the only true ballad because like Tin Pan Alley, AKA roughest place in town, which I used as track eight on side a is a slow song, but make no Mm -hmm. mistake. Tin Pan Alley and Life Without You are two completely different types of slow songs. Life Without mm-hmm. You is truly a ballad where Tin Pan Alley is a slow burn blues song. And there's a big difference in vibe there. So I think what you're saying with Life About You completely rings true. And there are only two songs left here. And I have my last pick of the night and then you close things out. Now, I am going to gamble for a minute here. You and I breaking the fourth wall here of the show a little bit, 
talked prior to this episode and talked about what our favorite Stevie Ray Vaughan song is. So I am going to gamble that you are going to pick that as your last song, and I am not going to take that moment away by putting that song in the nine spot, which to me is the wrong spot to put this song in. So I hope I'm both right with my gamble here and maybe a little bit of predicting the future. But I am going to go with for track nine, an album we've talked about tonight but haven't represented, and that is the In Session album with Albert King. Albert King was 60 years old when this album was recorded. Stevie Ray Vaughan was more than half his age. He was 29 years old. And these two threw down for a concert that was two generations of blues. And what I feel is Albert King passing the torch. And the opening song on that CD is a cover of Aaron T. Bone Walker's Call It Stormy Monday or Stormy Monday. A lot of people know the Allman Brothers version of this song. It is a blues staple, a classic. And Albert King and Stevie Ray Vaughan take it to the utmost heights for nine amazing minutes. And this is where a legend of blues, one of the kings of blues, literally and figuratively, Because you think of blues, you think of Albert King, you think of B.B. King. And Albert King passed the torch to Stevie Ray Vaughan on the In Session album. And I feel this was a massive moment in blues music. And I wanted to represent what might have been a highlight for Stevie Ray playing with one of his idols on stage in what was just one of his most amazing concerts. And I know he's got a lot of great live albums out there, but... Man, when you've got Albert King throwing down with you, it's just other level. So closing out my portion of the evening, coming out of Life Without You with Call It Stormy Monday from In Session. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Call It Stormy Monday is an absolute blues standard. For Stevie, a young Stevie Ray Vaughan, when they were trying to revive the blues scene in Austin at a club called Antones, and when the owner Clifford Antone was wanting to bring the old blues legends to come and play at that club. Albert King was no exception. And when Albert King played there one night, Stevie had the guts to sit in with Albert. And it, this is pretty uh, known in Stevie Ray Vaughan lore. Jimmy Vaughn uh, recalled that story when he sat in with, when Stevie sat in with Albert and it was very, like very, very gutsy for a young Texan kid named Stevie Ray to talk to a blues legend in Albert King that I could only imagine what kind of a moment that was for Stevie to sit in with one of the people that he emulates the most. That was Albert King. And then Stevie basically was under Albert King's wing when they did that in session album. And it was like that they knew each other for a long time, even though they were generations apart Man, just to experience two of the greatest in blues music right there, generations apart. Hmm. Well, you said you're going to predict the future. I hope you got your crystal ball out. I can't see you, but I hope you got your crystal ball. (laughs) Imagine your crystal ball in front of you. Like, kind of wave your hands a little bit. I'm waving them because if you don't pick the right song, I'm going to (laughs) cry. 
Well, I'm just going to close out with another song. Couldn't send one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, kind of, I'm breaking the future. Right? That's breaking the future right there. But for the record, we did agree on a song that we were definitely going to close out this mixtape. So we had to, we're compromising ourselves right here. <laughs> but <laughs> I make the rules as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of compromising ourselves here, folks. But we obviously agreed that we were going to close out this mixtape with the absolute final song that they did from Instep. And that is the beautiful Riviera Paradise. That obviously had to be the closer for not only in step, but for this mixtape. What can be said about Riviera Paradise? It's a fantastic over eight minutes long. It, I want to say it's kind of like Lenny, like when we talked about earlier. It's obviously more of an emotional feel rather than Tim Pan Alley, which is like a pure slow blues. Tim Pan Alley is not really going for an emotional mood. However, Riviera Paradise is without a doubt emotional. It makes me cry. And the version that they did, that Reese Winans did with Kenny Wayne Shepherd, is obviously a very beautiful tribute to him. I don't know why I, like when we talked about that Playlist Wars episode, that the Reese Winans version with Kenny Wayne Shepherd on uh, guitar, I don't know. It just makes me feel like I cry a bit more whenever I listen to that version because obviously they're paying tribute to Stevie and it's so well done. But obviously, I cry at the original sometimes, uh, occasionally too, but just never gets old. And it's so fascinating that that was done in one take, that the producer, Jim Gaines, who uh, worked with Ronnie Montrose and uh, Carlos Santana, he produced the album. And uh, there's a story that the uh, tape was about to run out. So he was trying to signal to Stevie that that, that was happening. So when they ended Riviera Paradise with the... Uh, water current fading out and if you were to listen to the version that they did on 1989's performance of austin city limits just oh my you know i'm just gonna leave it there because i've got nothing to say just apps that's another song that's absolutely breathtaking and what a way to go out to uh as a like a last hurrah for his his band and for the loss of such a bright light in this world that we definitely need more people of just such a humble and modest soul like Stevie Ray Vaughan, just beautiful way to go out. 100% agree. I mean, look, you and I gushed over this song on the playlist wars episode mm -hmm. at length. And that was when we decided to do this episode I messaged you and said, you realize that no matter what, if we don't end with Riviera Paradise, <laughs> we're doing this episode wrong. So right. I was hoping that you stuck with that discussion that we had, because if not, I would have cried because this really is the perfect way to sum up his entire legacy of music. And then I tried to tip my hat to it because Lenny off a of Texas flood was from his first album, closing it beautifully and Riviera Paradise closes out his last album before the sky is crying posthumous release of course but his last album living with stevie ray vaughn and double trouble i felt like that it's a nice fitting to have each side end with one of those bookends from his first and last album and then lenny and riviera paradise mean the world to me my wife and i had that playing as dinner music during our wedding because mm -hmm. to me you don't get a more beautiful vibe song than those two and Riviera Paradise is amazing as Lenny is but double the length and just so much more going on when he's doing this stuff at the top of the guitar 
and making it musical. It's just unbelievable because that's kind of taking his rock persona and weaving it into this beautiful jazz tune. And I'll be honest, it was Riviera Paradise that got me into jazz music because Riviera Paradise Mm -hmm. made me appreciate his cover of Chitlin's Concarni from The Sky is Crying, which made me look into Kenny Burrell, which made me start going deeper and deeper into the bop jazz scene. So Stevie Ray Vaughan opened an entire genre of music to me through this song. The first time I heard it, I was driving in my car coming back from college, and I literally had to pull the car over and sit on the side of the road and just finish the song. I was completely taken by this track and I ran out and grabbed in step on CD the very next day. And Mm. it has been a part of my life ever since the first time I heard it, it rocketed up to the top of my favorite songs of all time list, probably my favorite instrumental of all time and easily my favorite Stevie Ray Vaughan song of all time. So hat tip to you, sir, a perfect way to close this Stevie Ray Vaughan side B mixtape, which started with Scuttle Button from Couldn't Stand the Weather, Texas Flood from the album of the same name, Pipeline with the amazing Dick Dale from the Back to the Beach soundtrack, Voodoo Child Slight Return from Couldn't Stand the Weather, Hillbillies from Outer Space from Family Style, Superstition from Live Alive, Tightrope from Instep, Life Without You from Soul to Soul, Call It Stormy Monday from In Session, and Riviera Paradise from In Step. You can always head to myweeklymixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. David Lee Smith, first, I want to thank you for being the first Patreon mixtaper as well as supporting the show since its launch. Honestly, it's support from people like you that make it possible for me to continue to do this show solo week after week. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that. And also thank you for being a guest on the show. I had a blast talking Stevie Ray Vaughan with you, and I look forward to having you back on very, very soon. Ah, shucks, man. You're making me blush, man. (laughs) But No, obviously, I cannot thank you enough for guys like you doing a music podcast like this and having uh, allowing outside guests because it's always a pleasure to be able to talk on podcasts like yours to uh, talk about passionate stuff and things that I'm very passionate about. And music is obviously one of them. And I appreciate you uh, for doing uh, this and as well as Playlist Wars with Gomez. And so I give uh, Gomez credit as well. So it's been a pleasure. Likewise, man. Likewise. And remember, you can find my weekly mixtape on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Spoutable at my weekly mixtape. You can also head to myweeklymixtape.com to check out the full catalog of my weekly mixtape episodes. And if you want to support the show, please consider becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash my weekly mixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, enjoy the tunes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 